Hi guys, it's Alexa and Brie and we're Dining Hall Hours. Um, welcome to our podcast where we discuss post-grad pop culture and past UCLA stories. Woohoo. Um, okay, so for today we're going to actually hop into our first little segment of the day, um, Trends, Trends, Trending, Triple T. So yeah, how about you get us started, Brie? Okay, so my appetizer for Trends, Trends, Trending is The Bachelor. All right. You guys know we've had to go about the, uh, talk about The Bachelor here. <laughs> we sure do. And this past week was the Woman Tell All. And although I thought it was going to be really boring, I was actually entertained for a little bit. Really? I really was because I was shocked that all the girls ganged up on Katie. Okay, that was like a super interesting point too. Jazz and I were watching it and we were just like really shook that people didn't go after Victoria. I mean... Like, what? Exactly. It makes me wonder if there's things that went on in the house that we just don't know about Katie. But from what I have seen, she seems so genuine. So maybe the girls just don't like that about her. Maybe they don't like that she's getting the most attention. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it's really interesting that you bring up the whole like things we didn't see in the house because if you saw like in the little like bloopers that they played, it seemed like they were like they had fun together. Like they didn't all hate each other. Right? Yeah. And like, I thought that was really like, it sucks because like, I would have rather seen them putting their hands to feel the little insects and stuff that date that you showed in the bloopers or like, you know, more of like that wedding dress date. I thought that was super fun. Um, so, so like we didn't get to see any of the girls actually getting along or like the friendships that were actually made. So I'm pretty sure there are probably things about Katie we didn't get to see. I mean, either way, I, I'm still pissed that they didn't defend that they didn't go after like the whole bullying situation in the house. Right. You know what also shocked me is that Katie, so she had to stand up for the girls because at one point the house was getting too toxic. Yeah. She stood up for specifically Ryan and Brittany, Mm -hmm. right? So it shocked me when both of those girls didn't come to her defense. Definitely. I, I completely agree. Like I just thought it was really disappointing how no one came to her defense almost like they just didn't really care about what Victoria did or like the fact that she called them all these like very degrading names. So yeah, that's who they really should have been targeting. And she kind of just got a free pass. Yeah. there's And then uh, did you see there was like a part where she where she even asked, um, what was it? Anna, Hannah, wannabe, Hannah Brown. Um, she's like, well, why did you say that? Like, what were your intentions? I was like, were you not talking smack with her about Britney? Like, get out of my face. We don't like this hypocrisy. Literally. Yeah. So overall, I thought the episode was just really unentertaining. I've been very bored with The Bachelor, honestly. I Yeah. You know what? Let's just see who Matt picks. And it's probably not going to be anybody that great. And let's just move on to the next season. I know. I'm ready for The Bachelorette. Like, I just... I realized that I really like The Bachelor a lot better. Um, girls are a lot of girls are really catty. I mean, from what it seems, I agree one hundred percent. I like to see um, the men because they're just not as competitive. I guess. Yeah, I think they're just kind of well. Who knows if they're there for the right reason? The famous <laughs> Bachelor um, line. So we'll see how the Bachelorette goes. Who ends up being our Bachelor? There's rumors that it'll be Abigail and potentially still Katie. I don't know, but either way. We'll talk about that next week. So Yeah, I'm excited. What's your appetizer for this week? Okay, so yesterday, Ale and I were hanging out, and then she was like, hey, um, are you so excited for the Meghan and Harry uh, interview with Oprah? I completely forgot about it, and I was like, wait, oh my gosh, like, I forgot, like, yeah, it's, it's happening. So um, we went off on, like, a little tangent looking up, like, little snippets of the interview, and I am so pumped. When does it come out? It comes out today. Um, so again, it'll be up by the time this podcast is up. But I'm so excited because, guys, I'm a really big fan of The Crown, the show on Netflix. And they really depict um, the royal family, which, I mean, apparently pretty historically correct. So um, I'm really excited because the last season was on Princess Diana. And like contrary to all the prior seasons, this season really kind of portrayed the royal family as like the antagonist. Because Diana was like, you know, Princess Diana, like everyone loved her. Um, and you got to kind of see how they kind of treated her like crap. So I can only imagine um, what happened with Megan. And like royals have never done this before. Like even in a snippet of the interview, they were like, oh my gosh, like they didn't let us talk. Like I wasn't even allowed to respond 
to Oprah, Oprah asked her like, oh, well, do you have been able to do this interview in the past? She's like, I wasn't even able to respond to you personally. Do you keep up with the Royals? I, I mean, to an extent I do. I, I think I started keeping up with them more when Megan became a part of their family. Um, I was just so intrigued by the way they treated her in the British media. They're, they're harsh. They're <laughs> terrible. Like poor girl, you know, like everything she did was wrong. She, Megan did this, Megan did that. I'm like, she's American. God forbid. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, it was super bad. And then like, even recently, like the British media has been like releasing things about how, um, apparently Megan was like verbally abusive to her staff. I'm like, she probably was like, can you please go get me a drink of water? And then they blew that out of proportion. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, she didn't like bow or whatever when she asked for something. I don't know. Right. But I'm like super excited for that. I think it'll be really uh, juicy and all that good, good with all a lot of content in the in uh, what is it burning? Oh my gosh, Buckingham Palace. I forgot. <laughs> I was gonna say burning out. What the heck is wrong with you? <laughs> They're gonna be pissed. I'm so excited. I think all the stuff that's gonna come after is gonna be just as intense. So, what do you say to the people that strongly critique Megan and say that? She should have known what she was getting into when she married Harry. I feel like, yes, definitely. I think she knew what she was getting into. But I also think people forget that they're not just royal figures. They're people. I think Harry got to see, unfortunately, like with his mom, like what happened, you know, the ugly side of this like fame, if you will. Um, And... And I, I think he just didn't want that to happen to his wife. Right. The point of it is that I just, I think they should be free to do whatever they want. And if Harry wanted to leave, it's his choice. Like, yeah, he's a grown man. He had everything to do with that decision as well. It wasn't just Megan. You listen to me and we're moving to America and you need to cut all ties with your family. Yeah, definitely not. Like at that point, it's like if they chose to cut ties with them, then that's on them. But you can't really force someone to do something for the rest of their life just because they want to have this like perfect appearance on like TV and the magazines or whatever. So nah, you guys need to back off of Megan Markle. I'm excited. I'm, I really do want to watch it. What channel is it going to be on? You guys can find it on CBS, um, 8, uh, 8 p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. <laughs> I'm going to call CBS. Hey guys, I'm promoting for free. So <laughs> we need sponsors for the pod. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, enough on the Royal family. Um, Brie, how about we complain for a bit in our segment? Let me complain for a bit. Okay. Uh, there's so many things that I want to complain about that it took me such a long time to narrow it down to one. <laughs> I was going to go with the fact that my favorite YouTubers sell out of their t-shirts every single time and I don't get the opportunity to order. Tragic. But that's a first world problem. So I'm going to complain about another thing that's happening in my life and it's my grandma. I love her, but she can be a handful sometimes. She is currently with us while my parents are living it up in Mexico on their all-inclusive resort paid vacation. She comes and goes as she pleases. So she tells me to leave the bathroom door open for her, which I refuse to because I'm convinced that we will get robbed and I will get kidnapped. So I told her like, no, you know what? I'm just going to send you the code to my house. And she's like, okay, that's fine. She gets home at about 11.30, and for some reason, at like 12.30, I got this really bad feeling. I'm like, you know what? I have a feeling that my grandma did not lock the door. I get up, and sure enough, it's not locked. So I lock it, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to complain to her in the mornings and tell her, hey, you need to start locking our doors. Because on several occasions, when she stayed over our house, she doesn't lock the door. I probably should not even be saying this. No, dude. It's so funny you mentioned that this past week, actually. I'm, like, super paranoid about the door being locked. Like, I always, like, I get home and, like, I run through all the doors in the house just to make sure everything's locked. So I feel you. But this past week, um, we're always in meetings, you know. So um, I think someone had left the house and they left the door completely unlocked. I was pissed. Furious. I texted the family group. I was like, y'all need to remember to lock the door. I'm in meetings all day. I can't be looking up, looking up. Oh, my God uh looking out for all of us and like making sure all the doors are locked do your part lock the door anyway i can go on all day about security (laughs) for my let me complain for a sec 
I'm going to actually do quite the opposite. I'm going to um, be grateful because, guys, Disneyland is going to open. I'm so excited. Oh, so they announced this week that all the parks, the theme parks here in California, um, are going to be able to open as of, I believe, April 1st. Woo! So I'm super freaking pumped. And I'm not like the biggest Disney fan. Like I don't, I'm not the type of person who goes multiple times a year. I probably go once a year. Um, but I'm just excited because this means that one, things are slowly getting better, which makes me very happy because I'm really tired of this pandemic, as I'm sure most people are. But two, I really just want to go to Disneyland because I want to eat their food. <laughs> I really like their churros. So yeah, but dude, I was thinking about um, the time when you did your internship with Disney. Oh yeah, that's the reason why I'm not too excited for Disney because at one point during my senior year of college, I got to go to Disney, I think six times within a span of eight weeks. That was crazy. So I would go into the park, ride the rides, take notes. And that was my internship. So it was a really interesting experience. Dude, I, I remember that you went and I always wanted to go with you. But it was always like in the middle of the week. She'd just be like, oh, I'm going to Disneyland, guys. I'll be back. And I was like, okay, have fun. Um, oh, but yeah, I'm so excited about it. I, I feel like t getting tickets is going to be like super freaking hard. Um, I, I think that'll be a cool um, birthday reward for you as well since your birthday falls on that month. Yeah. Guys, my birthday is on April 19th. So I'm super excited. I think it'd be really fun. Now that we got through our little appetizers, uh, how about we get to the, the meat of the episode? We're going to be talking about friendships. Yeah, friendships. Um, it's definitely something that I think all of us have thought at one point or another. Bree and I, we've definitely had several conversations about friendships. It's actually something that um, we both bonded over when we met freshman year and we still talk about to this day. So uh, I think today we're going to do like a little bit of a sum up of our experiences from high school to post-college, our expectations, um, what worked for us, what didn't, and what we learned overall from those experiences and how we're moving forward. Yeah. How about we start with some expectations since we all have those. Um, let's do like expectations from like high school to, to college to now. Like what do you, how do you think your expectations or your perception of friendships have changed? over time. In high school, I was looking forward to entering a new school because I thought it was my chance to meet new people from other middle schools. So high school, I saw it as an opportunity. I always yearn for this super big friend group. Same. Um, what were your expectations in high school? I think for me, um, watching a lot of TV growing up and movies and stuff, um, which I think we all kind of grew up watching those like high, high school musical Disney movies, whatever. Um, you kind of always saw this general theme of like um, a clique of gals or guys um, always together doing everything together, right? And to me, that's kind of what I thought high school was going to be like for me, having this big clique, um, having these girls to always be with me. And that's funny because I actually was always in like a little group of girls, but for some reason, I just was never fully satisfied. Um, I still didn't have that like TV friendship you know? Right. I felt the same way. Yeah. I definitely feel like for me, it was like, there was always girls who had more friends than me. Um, I always looked at them and I was like, wow, like they, they get along with everybody. They have so many friends. Like, why don't I have that? Um, it's funny though. Cause I never had a hard time making friends. I, to me, it was always something really easy. I guess it was just like, I didn't have as many friends as I wanted. And it's funny, right? Cause I had friends in different groups in sports, in ASV, in my go-to group of girlfriends and like still I just like wasn't content I was like but I don't have all those friends like I don't hang out with that group exactly now that you mention it I remember I would tell my friend Alejandro oh I don't have any friends he's like what are you talking about you know this this and this person you know so many people I expected you to say that you have all of these friends and he was right in a sense. I definitely had tons of acquaintances, right? But I wanted a girl group of 16 girls deep, you know, like where we all hung out every single day. And that just wasn't in the cards for me. On the other hand, I had my little trio with Gadi and Stacy. 
So that should have fulfilled my friendship needs because we were best friends, inseparable, told each other our deepest, darkest secrets. Like they were my people and yet I still wasn't satisfied. Yeah, I think like for me, it definitely, it's like that whole human nature thing where you want what you can't have. You know, I already had so many great things. I had great friends and I always wanted wanted more. more. And that's just always been me. Um, It was really hard for me to be content. Um, I think it's just, maybe I wasn't, satisfied with myself at the time. So I really sought out, you know, more friendships because I was like, that would make me happy. Right. It's like that uh, continuous thing where you're like, oh, if I have this, I'll be happy. Exactly. But like, when will that be enough? And, um, whoa, so deep here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's true. Yeah. I don't think I've ever told you this, Alexa, but me and Gary and Stacy got into this huge fight and I didn't talk to them for months. And I was, yeah, and Stacy approached me on graduation and she said, Brianna, how are you not going to be in our graduation photos? We've been friends for years since seventh grade and you're going to let this fight get in the way of our friendship, but it just doesn't make sense. And no matter how stubborn I was, I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, Let's squash the beef. Let's be friends. We took photos together. But our friendship at that time, it was still kind of rocky. You know, it wasn't what we used to be. And so going into college, I thought, man, I'm really alone. I have, I have essentially no one. And I know nobody at UCLA. So here's my chance to make new friends, I guess, and finally achieve that big friend group and in a way reinvent myself i'm like maybe i can be someone even cooler in college everyone going into college i'm gonna reinvent myself new 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 place new me <laughs> literally the, so that's kind of what i expected what were your expectations mm, i feel like i almost similar situation i had a fallout with my friends from high school at the time um I kind of went into college with kind of just one or two really close girlfriends, one of them being Ale, who to this day is still my bestest friend. Um, and and that was pretty much all I had, too. Uh, it was weird because, like I said, I always had like a little group of girlfriends and going into college, I was like, oh, well, you know, it'll, it'll just be Ale. But little did I know Ale would be more than enough. <clears throat> so I thought going into college, I'd be like, look at me. I'm independent. I'm gonna make all these friends similar to you. But no, that's not what happened. Um, yeah, but I was really blessed to still have like Ale in my friendship. Um, she was someone that I literally leaned on the whole way uh, in college. I could constantly call her and be like, I'm eating alone in the dining hall. Um, and, you know, we would chat all the time. But I think freshman year, yeah, I thought I was going to make a lot of friends. I thought I was going to be super ultra social. But Definitely didn't meet my expectations, but how about we talk about how we actually did make some friends in college and what we did. Let's start with like freshman year. I feel like freshman year is really defining to a lot of people's college experiences. At least for me, that's the one I remember most vividly just because of the struggle. The struggle was hella real at that time. Okay, let's start with Greek life because a lot of people make friends that way. And um, that just wasn't the case for us. (laughs) Definitely not. I remember my roommates, before I had even met them in person, they texted me and they were like, hey, are you interested in joining a sorority? Rush is going to be this week and we can sign you up. And to be honest, before I went into college, I didn't even really know what a sorority was at all, at all. And I was like, sorority? Hmm, maybe that's something I'm interested in, but we'll see. Yeah, it's $60 just to rush, um, and you don't even get... It's so expensive. <laughs> I think people, like, don't talk about how expensive it is. And then, not only that, you have your quarterly fees. Like, yeah. who has that kind of money? Exactly. You know, the $60 fee just to begin the rush process already turned me off. I was like, okay, you know what? That's not the route I'm going to go to make friends. <laughs> It's funny because similar to you, my roommate freshman year, she was interested in rushing. Um, And I think when I first met her, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll rush too. Just because like I wasn't sure what I wanted at the time and anything that I can have in common with someone, I was like, I could rush. So let me say that, you know, I I will. Um, So we have something in common because at that point it was the truth. Like I was thinking about rushing. But the more I learned about it, I just like 
like you said, the money thing really threw me off. I just didn't feel like I'd fit in like, like physical appearance. Like, um, I just didn't dress. Like, I don't know. Like to me, I didn't like the fact that you had to like go all dressed up like that. Why can't I just wear like, you know, how I normally dress? Also, other than that, I just heard a lot of negative things about the whole, um, what's that process called when they're, um, when you're initiating hazing. Yeah. So I heard a lot of like horror stories about hazing and I just like was not about it. I was like, I do not want to be humiliated by people who I don't know just to be part of this group. You know, that's not to say like you can't make amazing friends in Greek life. Like I know a lot of friends or a lot of people now who still have really close friends from Greek life, but it just wasn't for me. Um, which again was really hard, a really hard decision to make because I was like, dang, like I could have just paid this fee, rushed, gotten along with at least someone and would have instantly made friends, right? Because that's what's supposed to happen in Greek life, right? Exactly. But I just chose not to. Do I regret it? No. But at the time, I think like a few weeks after, like during the rushing process, I was like, mm, dang, <laughs> I wouldn't have been eating alone right now. But yeah. I think it's obvious that Greek life didn't work out for neither me nor Alexa. So I think we kind of turned to other avenues. The good thing about UCLA, or I think any college in general, right, is that when you are a freshman, they try to create several events for people to To meet each other. Yeah, to um, get to know what the people who live on your hall are like, right? And so I... I attended a couple of those events. Did you ever attend them, Alexa? No. <laughs> that would have helped. But no, I, I didn't I didn't really go to a lot of the freshman year stuff. I did go to like club orientations though. Right. Well, I wanted to touch on my dorm experience for a little bit because it kind of played a major role my freshman year. I definitely tried to make friends with the people who lived on my floor um, because kind of they were in close proximity and I thought, hey, here's my chance. Um, Turns out we didn't get along that well. And I learned very quickly that these people were very different from me. I lived in the really nice apartments, literally like the rich place. And had I known that, I probably wouldn't have chosen those dorms because they made it even harder for me to socialize. I could not find people who I had anything in common with. Whereas I would see people from Hedrick Hall and the communal <laughs> where Alexa lived and those people were super social. Um, they were more from my background. So I think I would have definitely gotten along better. So if I were to go back to freshman year, I would live in Hedrick Hall. It's so funny you say that um, because as someone who lived in Hedrick Hall, I found that I didn't really fit in with the people in my floor. Um, so I think it's just kind of like we both were just in like residential halls or floors with people who we didn't really bond with too much. Oh, well, now I think of it, I did have a few friends on my floor. <laughs> oh, I definitely had a few friends as well. I remember I met these two lovely individuals and we loved to watch Jane the Virgin. So we would have Jane the Virgin watch parties every now and then. But Despite that, I still realized like, hey, these aren't going to be my people throughout um, college. I'm not necessarily going to go to the dining hall with them every day. They're just going to be an acquaintance. And I had to kind of deal with that. Now that I think about, like I said, I did join like um, a few of those floor meetings and we joined like a soccer team together. So I did hang out with them a little bit. Um, I kind of found more so like friendships and like a little bit more of that sense of community in clubs growing up here in my area like we're all like hispanic mexican and stuff so i didn't really join like i think there was a mecha club at my high school i don't remember but i was like oh maybe now in college i'll like it because obviously i was like you know i'm not really fitting in with anyone so maybe i'll fit in with like the hispanic group um here at ucla um so i remember i went to a, a mecha meeting and I was like, yeah, these will be my people. <laughs> I literally felt even more um, like left out. I was like, where the heck am I? Like, I uh, I just didn't fit in. That's so funny that you mentioned that because I, I went through the exact same experience. I didn't know that you went to the Mecha meeting. I did. I remember like the only cool thing about it was that they were serving like Mexican food. But other than that, I was just like, Oh, they're singing and doing like <laughs> flocorico. Flo, flori, flo, yeah. 
Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool, I guess. Um. <laughs> the same exact experience as Alexa. When I got to school, I realized, dang, UCLA has a predominantly white population. And so I was like, man, maybe that's the reason why I'm not fitting in. My high school was comprised of Mexican, Black, and Indian people. So it, it was literally like a culture shock going to UCLA, right? And so I'm like, okay, let me join an ethnic-based club. Let's do what we never did before. <laughs> exactly. I went to this club called Hermanas Unidas, and the club itself is great. Um, the people were nice. I just wasn't clicking. And it's almost... <sighs> At UCLA, when I was mingling with like the people on my floor or even my roommates, I felt like I was too Mexican for them, right? But then when I had joined this club, I felt like I wasn't Mexican enough. So I truly felt like I didn't belong in any corner of UCLA, if that makes sense. I felt that same way. I felt when I was a Mitch, I was like, oh, I'm definitely not Mexican enough. Because growing up, oh, we were very, um, I want to say like Americanized. So I didn't resonate a lot with the culture. Um, like I remember people would be like, oh, but don't you love this? Like you're you're from San Diego. Like you're right by Mexico. I was like, no, not really. Funny, right? I lived in Mexico like half of my life. Um, but but no, I didn't resonate a lot with the culture. I just, I um, nothing against it. It's a beautiful culture, but it just wasn't me, you know? And so going into Mecha where these people are like super proud of their culture, I was just kind of like, well, you know, I don't fit in here. So I didn't go back to Mecha. Um, and for a while after that, I was kind of like, dang, like, is this what it's going to be like? You know, because if I can't fit in with like, you know, other Mexican gals or, and guys, like, where am I going to fit in? So yeah, after, after Mecha, I was a little bit on like the low, low. And I was kind of just like, oh, I don't know where I fit in. So I started going home a lot. I mean, I went home a lot throughout my entire college experience. <laughs> Brie did too, because we're just so close. But especially freshman year. Especially freshman year, because I just was so sad. I remember I would go home and every time I'd come back, I was almost, I was crying because I just felt so alone here. And yeah, although I, I, my roommates were friends of mine and they were always really lovely to me, but they were more into that, um, into like the college, you know, outing scene, like partying and stuff. And if you know me, you know that I'm not a party or <laughs> I don't really party. That's never been me. Um, I did go to one party actually, but anyway, going back to the whole going home thing. Yeah. So I, like I said, after the whole trying out one club uh, and I was discouraged, I just go home. And I think that also prevented me from making a lot more friendships than I could have freshman year, other than of course, being brief. It, it was a little bit challenging because it's like, although I wasn't happy at UCLA, like I kind of think back and I'm like, dang, like, should I have stayed and really tried doing those things when I got invited out? Like, it's not like I wasn't invited out by my roommates, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Sometimes like being at UCLA made you feel so sad that you wanted to leave. But then at the same time, you're like, well, I should have stayed because this could have given me given me an opportunity to make more friends and really try harder, I guess. I was so lonely at UCLA my freshman year. Um, I remember Christmas break was so rough for me. I, I was so happy to be home because I'm finally surrounded by someone. At least it's my family, right? If I don't have any friends, at least I have my family. And then the quarter was going to start up again. And I remember just like, bawling my eyes out because I was like I don't want to go back I, I'm sick and tired of eating at the dining hall alone I'm sick and tired of meeting all these people that I just don't get along with and so it was rough oh my gosh but speaking of the dining hall that's something that I want to touch on and this is a little segment that I like to call the dining hall sad hours if you will <laughs> so <laughs> by that's sophomore great. year I had collected a few acquaintances. I wasn't a complete loner. But for the most part, I had dinner alone. I remember some days were better than others. There were times where I would be sitting at the dining hall and I would see these large groups of people or even groups of three or four. Dude, same. That always happened on the weekends. I was always eating alone on the weekends and I just see this large group of like friends who just came back from like whatever they did and I was like, well, 
I'll continue eating a lot. Right? It was the worst. And there were times where, like, so I'm not kidding you. I would start feeling like the tears rushed in my eyes. And then I would go to the dining hall bathroom and just sit in the stall and cry for a little bit. And I would think to myself, man, like, I'm never going to have any friends. I'm always going to eat alone. Like, this sucks, you know? People look at you kind of weirdly, too, when you eat alone. Like, That's why you had to eat at the high tables. Right? I should have. But I, like, I don't know. I, I didn't get the hint. And so I know what you guys are thinking. Why didn't you eat every meal with Alexa? You had her since week one. And there are three reasons that I want to cover. Number one. Our schedules, wow, <laughs> our schedules didn't necessarily align. We were different majors and we took classes at different times. Number two, we had very different food preferences. Alexa liked to eat healthy. She loved to go to B-Plate. I was always at Deneb, the unhealthy dining hall. So sometimes I would ask her and she's like, ah, I really want to eat at B-Plate because they're having goat pizza quesadillas or whatever. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I was like, okay, whatever, girl. Do you eat that healthy stuff? I don't care. It sounds like something they would have, though. They had some weird food. I'm pretty sure they had that at one point. But the third and final reason, above all else, I truly felt like Alexa didn't like me that much. Um, even if we... She was my backup friend. That's what I felt like. Even if we... <laughs> Not at all. But even if we did did have lunch together, I thought like... Maybe this is her last resort. Maybe she doesn't truly enjoy dining with me or hanging out with me. She just doesn't have other people. And I knew that because of what she shared um, the first time we met. And so honestly, I don't really think we hit it off in the beginning of our friendship. It's funny you say that because I think I kind of felt the same way, um, referring to point number three, um, (laughs) that I thought that you had made friends already. I was kind of just like, oh, like, I don't want to bug her. Um, obviously we did have the occasional like, oh, we can't make it because of time or, you know, I don't want to go to be- to Deneb that day. I thought I was being so healthy by eating six slices of pizza, but at B plate. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I also, I think I kind of felt the same way. I just didn't want to bug because at that point, like I wasn't comfortable, um, constantly reaching out to you and it was like, I was eating alone all the time. So I think it was kind of the same thing. It's funny, right? Now that we think about it, we're like, oh, we could have been eating together this whole time this whole time we could have avoided all this heartbreak and that goes to show you like don't make assumptions about what other people think of you you know definitely reach out Uh uh-huh exactly but i guess that takes us on to our the more positive side because brie and i did make friends guys don't you worry um so I guess we can kind of talk how we did make friends. Um, you know, some clubs didn't work out for us, but we did have some success with some clubs. Um, I think, well, actually, Brie and I both did. We kind of look more towards the professional development career clubs. Um, I was, I am pre-med. So I was kind of looking towards at the like uh, pre-med clubs um, with people who weren't just sorted by ethnicity, but more so by this common motivation to, you know, become physicians, PAs, whatever. Um, so that's kind of where I started looking. Yeah. So in terms of professional development, my junior year, I joined a club called Bruin Sports Analytics. I was a stats major and I was looking to practice the skills that I was learning in my courses as well as work on some projects that I can list on my resume. So I definitely didn't go into the club thinking that I was going to make any friends. However, I was pleasantly surprised. The week after our first meeting, I remember walking into lecture and seeing this girl. And I was like, where do I know this girl from? Her face looked very familiar. And then instantly it popped into my head and without hesitation, I ran up to her and I was like, are you in BSA? And she looks at me and she's like, uh, yeah, are you? And then I was like, yeah, I noticed your face and I just wanted to say hi. From there, we completely hit it off. Um, Every lecture we would sit together. She actually ended up being one of my best friends to this day. And what I love about that story is that I truly did not go into that club thinking that I was going to make friends. So for me, I think I I joined the American Medical Women's Association, which is the club that I was the most involved in 
probably um, freshman year actually that's where I met um, some of my closest friends actually my roommate uh, Bianca and I we met at um, another pre-med club and we I literally just went up to her too like I just saw that she was sitting with another gal and I was like hey can I sit with you guys and that's how I, how I met her and um, started chatting with her um, in terms of belonging though I, I think a lot about this and I think I thought about it a lot I did feel like I belonged in that club, but that's not to say that like those friends I made there were always the ones I hung out with. Like I kind of still felt like alone a lot, if that makes sense. I think I kind of carried a similar mindset to that that I had in high school. And I was kind of like, oh, like I, when am I going to find this click? Like maybe it'll be in this club. And like it just didn't happen for me. But I think I was still just like really sad that I didn't have that like constant group to do everything with. I don't know if I ever really did belong at UCLA. I I always felt like an imposter, not just academically, but socially as well. <laughs> academically, my oh, goodness. God, that's, oh, that's a, a whole other thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> when I joined BSA, I found my group. But it's funny because it wasn't necessarily the group that I had envisioned when I first got to school. I was expecting this huge group of girlfriends who... We can go dancing together and shopping, but it just didn't work out that way. These friendships not only made me extremely grateful and love my college experience that much more and gave me something to look forward to, whether it was going to Rocco's on a Thursday night or Haley and Megan inviting me to their formal. But besides that, it just made me perceive my friendships differently and I want to talk about our own friendship between me and you, Alexa. It's definitely changed a lot. And it's, um, we weren't as close in the beginning. Um, I don't think we got along as well. Not in like a, in a bad way. We just kind of didn't know each other too well. And like um, superficially, our interests just were completely different. So obviously, you know, at a first glance, like our friendship just kind of was like, eh, I guess. I mean, she's a friend. Um, but I think as we grew older and our expectations of friendships kind of changed and kind of our interests changed and we matured as people. We came together and we're like, hey, <laughs> I don't love this place either. Let's chat about it. And I think that's kind of what bonded us a lot. That initial lack of um, belonging and that the, the struggle at UCLA because uh, just in so many aspects. But I think overall, like if I see our friendship now, um, I'm so grateful to have a friend like you. I mean, oh, literally, I think you're the person I talk to the most um, from college. But that's not to say I didn't. Why am I crying in the club right now? This is so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I'm not very. Um, I don't get in the in the feels a lot. So, um, but yeah, I think I think it's changed a lot, and I'm just like so grateful for it. I'm even grateful for those like little little rough patches because I think that's how we got to where we are yeah now. I definitely didn't think that we would ever get to this level if I'm being honest Alexa and I I think it's because in the beginning I focused on our differences rather than the many things that we have in common and the thing about Alexa is that she was my most constant friend in college when you think about it we talk we love stability yes we do we talked every day Alexa I, I kid you not whether it was for five minutes or for 30 minutes, we did a little catch up. Hey, how you doing? Tell me which professor sucks. Tell me which midterm you got coming up. All right. That's just what we were. We were each other's support system. Definitely. I think um, we were each other's support system 100%. I think it, you're one of the reasons why I got through all those freaking hard classes. Because on those days when I got bad grades and I just felt like the world was going to end, Brie was there to hear me out, not only as a friend, but because she also understood what it was like to be on those lows. Yeah, but I'm like really thankful for you overall. So how about we transition into uh, post-grad, kind of our expectations for post-grad, how we've maintained college friendships, how we potentially could have lost some. Um, why don't you get us started? Okay, so I'll start off with expectations. After college, I was kind of confident that I would um, maintain close contact with my best friends we had established these really strong connections and I was like oh I'm definitely going to keep them in the loop the reality though is that there definitely are obstacles the first being that we now are 
young professionals and we have our full-time jobs and we keep busy with our work. Um, And then the second is that we live in different states and different time zones. So it's not as easy as like, hey, let's just meet on Gailey at the apartment and chill, you know? So that definitely makes it more difficult. But overall, I would definitely say that it's completely manageable as long as you put in the effort, right? Anytime something reminds me of my friends, I immediately text them. Definitely make sure to keep in touch. Um, I have a best friend, Connor, who regularly schedules uh, Facebook, Zoom meetings or whatever. We love a schedule. Yeah, I appreciate him because that's how I stay in touch with him and keep up with his life, even if we don't get to talk every single day. I'm pretty confident that I'm going to maintain lifelong friendships with the friends that I made in college, including Alexa. I've already... I hope so. I I definitely believe (laughs) so. But yeah, so let's get into your expectations and the realities. Um, For me, I honestly thought it was going to be, for some reason, a lot easier than it actually is. Um, I've realized that the friendships that I have kept are the ones that are low maintenance. And by low maintenance, I mean the ones that I don't have to be constantly talking to, but we can still pick up from like where we were last time. Like you and I, we talk all the time, but just like organically, we talk all the time. But like, I think we had gone a few weeks without chatting and it was like nothing happened. Like we were just both, we're mutually understanding that we're busy people. Um, Definitely. I have that same relationship with my um, best friend Ale. Like she's really busy. We have gone, I think over a month (laughs) at one point without talking and it was like totally fine because we just understood that we are busy. in terms of maintaining the friendships, I think it's like you said, like you being um, checking in with people, chatting with them whenever you think about them or reaching out. I think it's like super important. Put in the effort for sure. Effort. Effort in everything. I mean, that's kind of the, the key to success. But um, definitely friendships were just challenging to maintain. I think I love all my friends from college, but um, it's just hard. Like I don't see them like you said. They're not in close proximity. Um and we're all starting our careers, so it's it's very challenging to keep up with them. That's not to say um, I don't love them. Like, if I call them, I think would be great and can have a great talk. But uh, just like I am, like, <clears throat> you know, I have um, have my job. I have my, you know, some extracurriculars. Do you still call them extracurriculars when you graduate? Um, and I also have my relationship and my family, like, same as you. So it's just really challenging. But um, Yeah, I think my advice to you is that, Whenever COVID's done with, um, make sure that you guys plan these hangouts in the future. Um, for example, if Cassandra Sabrina are in SD at one point, definitely invite them over for brunch, you know? Yeah, no, certainly. I think once, hopefully, the pandemic, I think, how did I think of it? We graduated, um, and then, like, less than a year later, you know, we got COVID. So we didn't really have the opportunity to be like, hey, let's meet up in LA or let's meet up halfway, whatever. Yeah, so I think once COVID ends and hopefully we can have more of those like in-person meetups. Um, but how about we talk about making friends post-college? Um, oh, God, another yeah. challenge in itself. <laughs> have you made any new friends? I actually have. Who are they? Um, I made friends at my church. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was really interesting. Basically, I think similar to college, you know, post-grad trying to find a place of belonging and it's really hard finding clubs because there's not just like the pre-med post-college club like that's not a thing so um so once I graduated um I was kind of in like a place of like like I don't know where I belong I don't have a community anymore so I actually you know went back to church and I I started joining things at my church with young adults so it's really cool because it's kind of like a little group of us who are all like a lot of us are post-grad kind of in the same place where we're kind of trying to find our place in the world and in the community. So it's really nice to, you know, chat with them. Yeah, I love that. I guess I've only made one new friend and she's my coworker. Uh, one day I asked her if she liked The Bachelor and the rest is history. The Bachelor is a great way to bond with people is what I learned. Yeah, so now I look forward to going to work because we have our little chats every day. Yeah, and I feel like work is a common place where people postgrad find friends. Like if you get along with your coworkers and you guys have things in common, that's awesome. Um, for me, I, because I'm pretty pretty new at my job, I haven't really like hung out too much with my coworkers. Yeah, it's definitely hard to socialize, especially. Right yeah, now. and then I find it really weird the whole like separating like work and like personal because like I don't want to talk about my personal life 
at work and then you know right? not talking about work at yeah it's like weird I don't know it definitely is yeah I'm pretty new to the whole thing but I'll keep you posted uh if if anything goes anywhere actually some of them graduated from UCLA so yeah maybe that could be your new friend exactly yeah so I think that was um all I really have to say post post college uh Brie and I are pretty recent-ish postgrads two years almost wow crazy um, but we don't have like a lot of experience outside of college, which is why most of our experiences are in college um, <clears throat> and all our friendship stories and advice is related to that. But <clears throat> overall, Brie, how would you say that uh, your friendships have changed by the ones that you've made in college and also lost in college and kind of even post-grad? Because I know we talked about how, you know, there's some friends we don't constantly talk to post-grad. Like, how, how do you think that's affected your view of friendships? There were definitely people that I was close to in college, we regularly had um, dinners and lunches. And now I hardly talk to them. And I'm thinking of Andrea and Sophia specifically, it had been almost a year since I reached out to them. And the other day, I was thinking about them. And I'm like, you know what, let me just see what they're up to. (laughs) And I sent them a text message. And it ended up turning into like a three hour texting conversation back and forth, right? I guess my friendships have changed because I don't know what's really going on in their everyday lives besides Alexa. Alexa, I know a lot more about. Honestly, that's kind of the beauty of it, right? It's like you have so much more to say and you guys do reconnect. What about you? How have your friendship changed? Mm, I feel like I had mentioned earlier, it's definitely I'm leaning more towards like those low maintenance friendships and it's not anything to do with the people themselves. Like I said, they're all fabulous and I love them so much, but it's just really hard to keep up. And like right now I'm in that like uh, transition stage between like, I guess, post-grad and like med school area. So it's been really, it's been a really busy time for me. So I just wouldn't want to like not give it my all. And that's why like the low maintenance format of friendships kind of is what I'm leaning towards right now. Yeah, I love that you said that you should definitely invest in the people that you are closest to. I spent a lot of years searching for more and more friends. And I was neglecting the strong friendships that I had already established with certain people. Definitely. It's like you said, like you want to invest the time you do have in those friendships you already have. Let's close off with our general advice. Um, Not just post-grad, overall. um, What's your advice to people who are wanting to make friendships or even like advice to yourself when you were in college? Oh, man. Advice to myself. That's a good one. If I were to talk to my past self, I would definitely say don't be too hard on yourself. Um, Not having friends was one of my biggest insecurities in the beginning of college. And luckily, I have friends now. So I'm able to talk about this openly. But basically, I was, I was always really critical of myself. I'm like, maybe people just don't like me. Maybe I don't have a great personality. Um, But the reality is that I made super great friends my junior and senior year and I think the missing factor was common interest and in the beginning of my college experience um, there was a lot of people who I just didn't relate to so definitely try to find a common interest Um, my go-to is what tv shows do you like because tons of people love tv that's always a great way to get to know people literally that's the way my boss and I bonded (laughs) right it's it's such a good conversation starter also have confidence and continue to approach people. There were tons of times in the dining hall where I would see people sitting alone and I would go up to them. You're really good at doing that. I, I appreciate that. I I had to really build myself up. And there was several times where um, I completely bombed that whole conversation and that person never want, wanted anything to do with me again. And if they would see me, they would walk in the other direction. <laughs> Eventually, I kept approaching people in different ways, and it worked. Look at Andrea, Connor, Haley, Brian. All of those people I approached, and they're all really great friends of mine. Also, there are tons of people who succeed at making friends their freshman year, their sophomore year. I just wasn't one of those. Yeah, I think definitely kind of going off of that, don't compare yourself to other people. Um, If you do, you will never be happy, and that's just overall, and that also goes to me. So advice to myself. Um... Because it's true. Some people are just more social. Like I think I had mentioned earlier, my my sisters are very social. They have a lot of friends. I've never been that. I've never had the, the large group. And just comparing myself to them, I think would bring me down because I didn't have what they had. That's not to say what I do have is 
is not great. It's just I was so caught up with the comparison game that I was never happy. So I guess my... Yeah, you have quality though. (laughs) I do have quality. Not that they don't, but you definitely do. I definitely (laughs) do. Yeah, I have amazing friends. So I guess that's my first piece of advice. Don't compare yourself to other people. Um, Other people, you know, maybe they thrive with large friend groups and you might not. I learned that I, I do better with a smaller friend group. So that's one. Two, if you do want to make friends, putting yourself out there. You're not going to make friends sitting in your room by yourself. Obviously, right now, we're in extraordinary circumstances where we can't just go out and meet someone at a bar. But but definitely joining groups online. I don't know how college kids do groups now, but join a Zoom group, I guess. But when when things return to in-person, go to those groups. I always tell my sister this. I'm like, join clubs related to what you like because that's where you'll find people who have things in common with you. So joining things and also like even outside of school, I think joining like club, um, like a gym, you know, if you if you like working out, you'll find people who like working out at a gym normally or joining workout classes, um, really just putting yourself out there. And I think Brie, you had mentioned this uh, when we were t- talking about it, but not being afraid of rejection. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, you know, you're it's like anything. You're going to get some rejections from time to time, but that doesn't mean that all of them are going to be rejections. Brie went, definitely went out of her way to talk to me and to talk to all her friends. And look at us now. Like, uh, we wouldn't have been here today. So, yeah, I think those are overall. And I guess you can apply all of those um, advice, pieces of advice to other aspects. Yeah. Right? At any stage of your life. Also, I'm giving them to myself. You know, I need to, I need to walk the walk. So Exactly. Exactly. Listen to our own advice. Um, I wanted to end with a quick thank you. I wanted to thank my homies for life, aka Alexa, my BSA friend. These people exponentially improved the quality of my life. And I do not say that lightly. I had some really low moments at UCLA, but they completely turned my experience around. And now when I think of UCLA, I mostly remember the laughs and all the good times that I shared with my best friends. Most definitely. Yeah. I mean, thank you to to all of our guy and gal pals. Uh, You know, they were the motivation behind this whole um, podcast episode. So really grateful for all of them. But any other thoughts, Brie? That's it. That's all you got for me. Yeah, I think that's all I got too. Well, I guess we will uh, wrap it up here. Thanks again, guys, for uh, tuning in to our podcast. We really appreciate your support and um, stay tuned next week for another episode. Bye, guys. Bye, friends.